Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. James Baldwin once said, History is not the past, but our history is the present. We carry our history with us, and we are our history. Uh, There's a couple definitions I want us to get. So one uh, is colonialism. So as we talk about decolonizing, I think we probably need to talk about colonizing. Uh, and kind of a, a historical definition would be uh, an imperial nation state subjugating peoples and territories. And in its nature, very a very violent thing. Uh, it is violent. It is not, hey, we are politely asking you to remove yourself from your land that you own. Uh, It is very violent in nature. And maybe if that is too distant, uh, or maybe it's too robust, uh, colonialism can be described as an imperial state subjugating peoples and cultivating dominance, possession, and control. In 1492, Uh, Columbus discovered what grew to be called the Americas. And this land with all its beauty, uh, as it turns out, already had people on it. The picture that was painted of these peoples uh, was that they were different. Uh, And plainly put that they were blank canvases. And that they were poor stewards of this beautiful, exotic land that is newly discovered. And it wasn't newly discovered, but it was newly discovered by the old world, a.k.a. Europe. And the funny story about this story, uh, as it turns out, is that Columbus never actually reached North America. But he reached the Caribbean islands, and we hear the stories of the brutality that took place placed upon the indigenous peoples of that land, in which the handprint still exists to this day. But the significance of Columbus, as we talk about colonization, was that he was the pathway to the old world, or from the old world to the new world. And he made way and opened the door for colonization to happen in the Americas. Now fast forward to uh, the world that we now call the USA, where most of our founders were steeped in this and maybe even uh, conjured up interest in this idea of Anglo-exceptionalism. This term embodied the idea that, in thinking that Anglo-Saxonism was the civilized way of life. The languages spoke in the Saxons. The Anglo way is the only way was the thought of many of our founders. And through that thinking, a couple of the founding fathers enjoyed bits and pieces of scripture and meshed these two ideas together and twisted it into this way to which they inhabited the place of Israel, that they became the centerpiece of God's story. 
And so manifest destiny in uh, a lot of other terms that were used became a way for them to believe that God was on their side in them expanding their territory. That the Christian God was a civilized God. And that the Christian God was exclusive and was very European. You see, Western American colonization was the process of an imperial regime dehumanizing those who were already in possession of the land and commodified both land and people as assets to be used and took their peace as they saw fit. And they did this with oppressive control and abuse and brutal tactics, creation of caste systems and religious manipulation. American is a, America is a collection of stolen lands and broken promises. What we sometimes miss is that the Christian Protestant history, the church, we experience this weird dichotomy or also this closely tethered uh, ideology called nationalism. We inhabit that we embody it at times. And it's so closely tethered to colonization as opposed to Jesus. And what I mean by that is not that there is any nationalism that is okay, uh, for Jesus uh, showed us that that was not the way, that the allegiance to the empire is not the goal or the way to go. But how nation, nationalism and colonization are tethered, and that this is an ideology that we fight to this very day, that we fight to push through and to honestly push by the wayside and see that it does not exist and that Jesus and practicing the way of Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. You see, James Baldwin also says, I love America more than any other country in the world. And exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually. So as you heard me go down the history, there's probably some things you disagree with. It's probably some things you have questions about. But one of the things I want you to know is that, yes, America is a gift in many ways. But also, it is very tattered in this history. In this history very brutal in its history, very deceptive in its founding. And as James Baldwin said, our history is not our past, but our history is our very present. Now, maybe if this is too distant for you, uh, there are many instances in history that we see the subjugation of bodies and it be endorsed by Christianity. Transatlantic slave trade, antebellum South slavery being some of the main avenues that we know about. Slaves were trafficked, manipulated to think that it was God 
who ordained for them to be enslaved, subjugated, murdered, and used, right? This people, these people who were trafficked, had cultures, had families, had practices, had place and land. And yet, we're surprised, taken from their families, taken from their land, taken from familiarity, taken from cultures, and then deemed as unfit to be human. Imagine for a minute the grief, confusion, frustration, anger, rage that took place. See, the Christian church a lot of times tries to sweep this under the rug. There were slave ships named Jesus. There were pastors and reverends who were slave owners. And and sometimes we sometimes have the audacity to say, it's time to move forward. You need to move forward now. That That was a part of the past. But we have to understand that we are an active conduit and participator in the transportation, commodification, and continued oppression of people. Church, that is us. There are a lot of people whom we celebrate in our Christian Christian history who have owned slaves, who spewed racist rhetoric, denied to participate in civil rights because they would have been ousted in their community and their privilege would have been gone yet would preach Jesus on Sundays, but would not allow people who look like me into the pews. And from this short history, we can always see that there's always been an ongoing battle between nationalism and Christianity, between colonization and Christianity. To redefine here, Colonization, in short, is the impression of imperial forces on indigenous peoples and lands. And the outer workings of this colonization is really what I want to talk about. Is where those who were not European were deemed as enemies. See, decolonization is the liberation from blind allegiance to empire. Liberation to see Christ and beauty in all and through all. Liberation is the gift and the ticket to retire from the race of power and dominance and live into the journey of love, sacrifice, and generosity. James Cone says this, Indeed, our survival and liberation depend upon our recognition of the truth when it is spoken and lived by people. If we cannot recognize the truth, then it cannot liberate us from untruth. See, to know the truth is to appropriate it, for it is not mainly a reflection in theory. Truth is divine action entering our lives and creating the human action 
a liberation. See, church, liberation is decolonization. Living into the freedom of what it truly means to be human, as opposed to the restriction of the other ways and teachings of what it means to be human. We're taught a lot of times that what it truly means to be human is to have more money, more things, more accolades, and uh, maybe more um, worth or presence, right? As if those things, kind of this worth, this idea of power, of net worth, of whatever it might be that determines worth within the American psyche. Jesus had this uncanny opportunity and every step he took he took towards those who were ousted and outcast those who were deemed as unworthy those who were deemed as not the prototypical human those who were deemed to be unfit to hold space in society liberation Decolonizing our theology is seeing the true Jesus, the Palestinian Jesus, the Jesus who was a refugee, the Jesus who actually critiqued the religious circles, the Jesus who actually critiqued the religious systems because they were living into a system that they created for themselves so that they can build status, power, and dominance. You see, decolonization has its, has its grip. Our colonization has its grip. Its thoughts. Its life is cunning and finds its ways into religious circles and nations. What decolonizing means is seeing the expansive love of God. That the borders or barriers are no longer existent and all are welcome to feast with the king. Luke 4 says this, 16 through 20. Uh, This is after Jesus comes back from the wilderness. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. See, he wasn't talking about a theory, but he was talking about reality. One that was probably far-fetched given the circumstances of colonial rule that the Israelites were under at the time. 
But Jesus, in his coming back from the wilderness, began his ministry in displaying his teaching of the Torah. What it truly means to be connected with God and with people. And was hopeful, but he knew that this teaching was going to be hard for people to understand. That for so much of the religious leaders of the time, religious life was performance for themselves first and foremost, in control of others' dominance, aka consequences and punishments when things are not performed correctly, but also for those who would not comply. Much like those who were ruling over, ruling over them at the time. Power and dominance were the only currency that would buy control of others and land. Caste systems were created to keep hierarchies intact. And boundaries were placed to make sure those who were not of the royal blood or those who were not welcomed into the religious elite would be on the outside for their life. See, we're closer than you might think. A lot of us, if you grew up in the church, experienced that if you uh, did not perform uh, religious practices to the way in which you were told to perform those, then either you were not a part of that community or you uh, needed to learn more or you needed to get it right. Some of you uh, might not have quoted as much scripture as you were supposed to, and you might have been punished, or there are consequences for you. Or maybe you had this idea of missions where I would just go overseas and people needed to regurgitate to me the same Christianity that I knew. And if they did not do that, then they were not a part of this Christian faith. Or maybe uh, what what colonization has done is maybe kind of truncated your story. Meaning that the understanding of Christianity has only been from the West and never anywhere else in the world. Decolonization is liberation. Liberation from the systems that draw lines between who's in and who's out. Liberation is to see the beauty and expansiveness and nearness of God. Liberation from the poor vision of the human self to truly seeing what God sees, that goodness is present present in all of his creation. Liberation to truly be and see the church that exhibits unity as opposed to uniformity and exclusivity, that all deserve to have access to God. Let us not fall into the space in which colonization seeks to provide, which is, as Bell Hooks puts it, the dominator culture that strives to keep all of us afraid 
Make us choose safety instead of risk and sameness instead of diversity. Because when unity is present, when we move through that fear of finding out what connects us, reveling in our differences, this is the process that brings us closer, that gives us a world of shared values and of meaningful community. So church, as we talk about decolonization, I want you to see that what I mean by that is that you finally have the freedom to live into all of what Jesus expects of us. That we are loving, kind, generous, welcoming. That we see Christ in and through all people and that division and power dynamics and hierarchy is not existent in the body of Christ. So let us not follow the lead of colonization. But I pray in my prayer for us is that maybe just a little bit this week, this moment, the scales fall off our eyes. That we no longer look at ourselves as lacking of goodness, we no longer look at others as worthy of the love of God. But that when we think about the kingdom, we see barriers removed, hierarchies flattened, and love and its expansiveness. And that we truly live into what it means to practice the way of Jesus. So church, go in peace today. You are loved. Peace. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.